AI is a foundation technology. Data science is a foundation technology. It's not a use case per se, which is what I'm saying. You can't regulate a foundation technology. You don't regulate AI the same way you don't regulate nuclear physics. Welcome to FUMO, your weekly guide to what's new in finance and tech. My name is Ronit Ghosh, and with my partner in crime, Gaurav Har, it's a real pleasure to welcome you back to episode two of our latest season. We're recording this at the start of February 2024. Zooming in from Singapore is a good friend of ours, Alex Manson. Alex, welcome. Thank you. Hi, both. In today's episode with Alex Manson, we're going to be discussing AI, artificial intelligence, tokenization, and the future of finance. We'll be talking about the evolving world of digital finance and how a recovering banker, if I can call you that, Alex, a recovering banker, <laughs> experienced banker, has sailed into the world of venture and innovation and helping build the future of finance. So the theme of this podcast, FUMO, is for future money, future of finance, and I can't think of a better guest than Alex Manson, who runs SC Ventures, to talk us through this topic. But before we get into the weeds of the conversation, a shout out to our sponsors and our partners, uh, in particular, XVC Tech, our main sponsor. Alex, you run SC Ventures. For the very small number of people in the world who don't know what SC Ventures is, give us your TLDR, give us your blurb on what SC Ventures is. Those three people that live in a cave, you know, in Central America, what is SC Ventures? Sure. I, you know, I, 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 I'm sure a lot of people don't really don't 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 know us, and that's pretty normal because we're pretty nascent. We're very small, but but you know, think of us as uh, as nascent, as in we were set up in 2018 um, with a mission to rewire the DNA in banking and financial services. Um, we we want to do this by by uh, serving clients the, the way they want to be served, reconciling financial services with uh, society, society's expectations of what finance does or should do, and um, and uh, in order to do this, we work with uh, with themes. Um, uh, the themes are online banking and lifestyle, uh, meaning integrating financial services in people's lifestyles as opposed to to having them uh, segregated in bank branches. The themes are um, SMEs, uh, world trade, supply chains, typically uh, not served very well by, by financial services around the world. And then across the board, you know, we've talked about sustainability before, um, financial inclusion, green transition, sustainability, and also digital assets, which we'll touch on, which is uh, infrastructure of the future. We build ventures. Uh, we build them from the start, and uh, we, you know, I would say, you know, in Arshpark, we're builders, operators of startups. You can think of us as a startup building startups, and at times we deploy capital in the partners we work with, um, in the context of either building a venture or importing, a, implementing a technology or capability which, uh, which they have and we think is solving a real problem. So that's what we do. Zoom out, zoom out. Look at the financial services world, the world of money, banks, financial services, and think about what AI is going to mean for that world, as in very simplistically thinking about as an investor or an analyst or a banker or a board member. Is this a good thing? 
banks or a bad thing. Gen AI and AI more broadly, but Gen AI is what's captured the imagination. Is this a good thing for the bank's business from a financial perspective, from a raw crude money? Does the banking industry make more money, bottom line, or less money? And how does that pool of money that gets made in the business of financial intermediation, risk management, credit creation, et cetera, how does that change the shape within like the total pie, but with how's the pie divided up? Right. Wow. So, so, so there's a lot of questions in your questions and I, I'll, I'll try and, 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 and pick up Russian doll there, isn't it? Yeah. Feel free to, feel free to, to, to remind me of whatever, um, whatever I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, not alluding, but, uh, but not, uh, not covering. Um, the, 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 um, for, first, is it a good or a bad thing? I'll t you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a tech optimist. I, I'll tell you it's a good thing. Um, and, and, and I'm about to tell you also that it doesn't really matter if I think it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a thing, which, which is, it, it's here. It exists. And so, so, so irrespective of whether you think it's a good or a bad thing, I, I, my, my strong recommendation is to not ignore it because it, it, it's here. And in fact, I think, you know, in that post I wrote, it's, it's a little like FAR. Once you've invented FAR, it's really hard to uninvent it. Um, so you can domesticate it. You can think of the use cases for FAR. You can make sure it doesn't burn you uh, if you put your finger in it or your house if you're not careful with it. Um, but but generally speaking, it's here. And, uh, and, and overall, I'd say FAR was a pretty good thing for, for humanity once humanity figured out a way to, 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 to deal with it. So I think there's an analogy, an analogy here. Why do I think it's a good thing? Because it's, um, it's um, a capability that will um, uh, help um, financial services, including not limited to banks, serve clients better. And so will financial services on the back of it make more money? Well, my assumption always is that in the long term, if you serve your clients the way they want to be served, then you're going to be relevant to your clients and money comes out of this. There's no business plan that says my business plan is to make a billion dollars. My business plan is to do this, solve that problem, um, help clients in a certain way. And then the billion dollars is hopefully an output of doing things the right way. So to the extent I, I, I have a capability that helps me do a better job for my clients, then it will be a good thing as far as making money is concerned, or, 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 or over time at least. And so, so, so that, that that's where I'm an optimist. Um, the, the point I the point I also made implicitly, I guess, in my post is um, is now taking a step back on what this is. Um, it's it's AI is a foundational technology. Data science is a foundational technology. It's not a use case per se which is what I'm saying, you can't regulate a foundational technology. You don't regulate AI the same way you don't regulate nuclear physics um, or electricity. You can regulate the use cases for it and control the way people are using it. But the foundational technology is here. AI, data science, it's foundational technology, just the same way, by the way, blockchain is. Just the same way, and they're foundational technologies, and you don't regulate foundational technologies per se. Meaning, you can't regulate AI any more than you regulate um, nuclear physics or electricity. You can regulate the use cases associated with it, so as to make them safer. And, and you, know, you think of the use cases, but the technology is, is what it is. It's foundational, 
and uh, and and it's here to stay and won't go away. Um, so so the the the, the implication uh, of, uh, of of this is is something from uh, from perhaps just from a personal perspective for for us all in in, in, in the industry I've quipped about this with uh, with our friends at CTE is is uh, in the days I started in finance if um, if uh, you didn't know your accounting you were going to be in hot water pretty quickly um, bad idea for for a banker not to understand accounting um, today not only do you need to know accounting but if you don't know your data science I think you'll be in hot water pretty quickly and and so 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 I, I'm sorry if it sounds a little threatening, but this is how important I think it is, which is uh, which is uh, which is you know it's an integral part of um, of uh, of what our business industry is is, is 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 about to become, but but it's not a, a business per se, it's not a, a use case per se, it is foundational to to to, to so many things we'll do. Now, have I answered all of your questions, Ronit? Uh, you have. You said that yeah. it's a thing that we can't ignore. It's like yeah. we invented fire, we invented AI. It's with us. We just need to know how to use it for the greater good. What I want to just double-click or go into more detail on is within the world of money and finance, how mm -hmm. does it change the landscape? Because whenever you get a new thing arrive, like a disruptive trend, um, and we've seen this in financial services, right? Say in capital markets, you could argue the growth of electronic trading or the growth of securitization, the um, changes in capital rules, new geographies becoming more important, like in the last 20 years, China. That then led to changes in who made the money globally. And AI within the financial world, this is a does help? Of course, banks have to. We can't ignore it. But does it help banks, or does it help non-banks more? If I'm a fintech, does it help me more than a bank? Um, if I'm a small company, does it help me more than a big company? I was wondering if you have views on how the landscape within the financial services industry gets reshaped. Yeah, I. So it, it, it depends is the answer. I, I, I don't know that I would differentiate between banks and non-banks as it relates to AI specifically. I think it's equally relevant for both and perhaps equally a threat or equally an opportunity for both. And, uh, and, and between banks and non-banks, I think you, you almost have to, to sort of uh, drill down a little further, which is what, what do you mean? You mean deposit taking versus non-deposit taking regulated as a payment or as a payment infrastructure regulated as a custodian regulated as, you know, as, as you know, what part of the financial industry you, you, you're looking at here. And, and then as a function of that, what, what, what bit, what bit of AI you're really contemplating and, and, uh, and, and where it plays a role. So, so I, I don't mean to, to, to elude the question, but I think it's, you know, you, you have to be that specific, that micro, if you will. To, uh, to, uh, to, 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 to go into this. Um, I, what I would say is, is, uh, is uh, both for banks and, and non-banks, um, the, the, there is an expectation that it will, um, that it will uh, change the way we do things, meaning, meaning, meaning um, um, uh, possibly eliminate certain ways of doing things, so eliminate certain jobs, certain activities. Um, it will make some of them better. It's likely to be not binary, but 
most most likely as in every other industry a combination of evolving humans with evolving technology and and uh, and uh, ai and um, all of this is uh, is, uh, is, uh, is 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 a, is is an evolution which is happening in front of us and it's happening pretty fast to back to your example about electronic trading um i, I think a lesson a less lesson we've learned over over some period of time um, is um, is uh, every time disruption comes in, every time something something new happens, right? There's 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 there's, there's an S curve of innovation, and so that that S curve is now visible. It's in place. Some people jump on an S curve and, and they want to go as fast as possible and be part of it, and some people delay it because I have an existing business which I do not want to cannibalize, for example. And so I want to preserve the status quo because it's, it's, it's good for my shareholders, it's good for my employees, it's good for, you know, whatever. So do I slow it down or do I accelerate? Invariably in that space, I think the winners are the ones who accelerate. Go on that S-curve as quickly as possible so they can jump on the next one. So they have no choice but jumping on the next S-curve, the next innovation curve and do to themselves what otherwise someone is going to do to them. And so, so the, the, the view I would advocate is, uh, is uh, if something is going to disrupt your business, accelerate it, because it will force you as an organization and it will force you at times as an individual to think about what's coming next and get ready for it and, um, and get on with it, essentially. Um, and so, and, you know, we saw this in, 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 in trading. We saw this in, in the context of, you know, um, new regulations, cleaning up balance sheets, and some institutions have done it slowly. Some have done it faster, and we know who's doing better today, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's no different for, for AI, and it's no different from for digital assets and, and, and what we were talking about with, uh, with Gaurav earlier. Um, accelerate that evolution be at the forefront of it because that's how we acquire the 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 skill set the muscles essentially that's how we train the muscles to 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 not only cope with that evolution but actually thrive in it and on the back of it do something really interesting and worthwhile and 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 do it again and again over 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 the years i want to Double click on that theme of innovation, S-curves, yeah. also bring in like the regulatory landscape, but I want to give Gaurav a chance to explore those. I'm sure you'll be better than me. Yeah. So Gaurav, back to you. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Roy. I mean, Alex, sitting in the position you're in, right, regulation or regulators is, yeah. a, is an active part of what you're doing or exploring and deploying, uh, whether yeah. it's front-facing it, right? And I think we can all agree, the three of us, right, from the different positions we've seen the ecosystem. In the last 10 years, a brand new parallel ecosystem has, has, has emerged. It was unregulated to a large degree because nobody knew what was happening in the first place to call it a regulated space. It took form of its own size. It happened at an unreal pace. It created the opportunity for these parallel ecosystems to do good but bad, but also created value it also created interest and it also created a whole new job sector where you know everyone's moving from regulated or unregulated entities because that's what startups are, right? They're just discovering or pushing mm-hmm. the boundaries of the ecosystem. But in the last two to three years specifically, regulators have started tapping people on their knuckles because they've 
they're catching up with understanding the implications yeah. within their own capacity of what that impact would be to consumers, businesses, ecosystems, economies, right? And they're moving. And my question to you is, Alex, given your global view and your view of deploying technology, adopting technology and investing in technology, whether it's a mandate to, you know, generate revenue in one year or three years or become profitable, putting that aside for a second, regulated technology and regulators, are you seeing regulators really moving that quickly in step with the pace of technology that you would deploy yourself to your customers or other people would deploy in ecosystems? The UAE is a primary example with VARA, you know, lockstep with Central Bank and DIOC and ADGM and other places. But are you seeing regulators globally in the even larger ecosystems also falling in line and catching up? Or do you think there's still three years to go before they can match the pace to some degree for adoption to really take effect? Yeah. So a bunch of uh, interesting dynamics here, but it's, it's an interesting question. I'm going to try and and uh, and, uh, and and attack it from different angles. Um, so, so first, no, nobody moves at the speed of technology. So technology is always going to Correct. be faster it's than, than, than you. So including and not limited to regulators. So the first observation I was going to make is, no, regulators are not moving in at the same pace as technology, but neither do banks. Right. <laughs> Neither do you and I actually. Right? And so Absolutely. because there's only so much we can pick up. And, and so what, what we're witnessing in, in right now in this industry, which is evolving at a very fast pace, is everyone in, in, in different locations of the ecosystem, if you are, everyone kind of scrambling to, to, to get up to speed and, and not be and not be left behind. So so it's it is the regulators. It's also the banks, and you could argue the banks have at least an excuse, which is well, waiting for the regulator to tell me what what's okay, what's not okay. So sometimes, but but, but even then, it's it's hard, and and um, and uh, everyone's a little understaffed because because um, how can you not be understaffed in 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 the context of an industry which is uh, which is brand new and changing by the day, and and so 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 meaning meaning we, we have a huge job in 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 building talent, building our own talent, and building our own personal knowledges, but also people around us and making sure this is a this is evolving at pace so so no is the answer but regulators are not the only one right um the the then then there's different regulators around the world and and um and uh they they they, they move at different paces and that's at times it's cultural at times it's the nature of the organization it's the nature of the setup um and and different regulators have to, taken also different approaches right to, to yeah, am i going to take the existing framework and and um and use it um, for a new asset class, which is essentially the U.S., or am I going to develop a brand new framework for um, for digital assets? You know, think of Mica in Europe. Think of uh, you know ADGM and uh, and uh, and VAR. It's it's you know we can we can debate. And then next to the regulatory framework, there's there's um, uh, legislative work that is happening as well. So you know, think about ownership again. Uh, think about uh, think of you know a number of of of, of, of concepts in, in in law that will need uh, that will need updating. Then there's there's a number of things that will need updating in infrastructure, right? You know, is as I said earlier, it's rails of the future, infrastructure of the future. And so, what do you make of uh, of CSD? Well, centralized perhaps doesn't make sense in a trustless environment where 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 by definition you know all information is is uh, is decentralized. They've played a great role in 
creating trust, but that will, you know, regulators around the world and policymakers and 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 and, uh, and and all that will need to think of the implications um, for 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 bits of the infrastructure which they're currently regulating, and um, and some regulators on, in, in the world have already sort of mentioned this explicitly that you know we will need to think about this down the line because it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's important and um, and relevant. Um, so, 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 so that's what's going on. Part, part two of my, uh, of my answer, you know, ob observation on, 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 I guess, on the back of your, of your uh, question is, is um, the, the back to first principles, right? What, 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 what a regulator does is um, ensure that the you know, society at large, you know, the public, the end clients, consumers often are, are protected. And, um, and uh, what it does, it, what it says on the 10. And, um, and, uh, and so we go back to, to conduct of business, right? In, in, in the first phase of um, effervescent technology and adoption and early adopters and, and, and all that, you know, good thing, great things happened, you know, in my mind, a lot of great things, but also bad things. Indeed, bad actors, um, but also a setup that wasn't entirely appropriate. You know, the, the, in some ways, the setup lent itself to the existence of of, uh, of bad actors because we haven't segregated custody from execution, from settlement, because we, because of you know certain principles that were very, I mean, very tragic lessons, you know, hard learned in, you know, 20, 1929 and uh, and then remediated in the laws of 1933 and beyond. And, and, and so good old, good old days, right? You know, lessons learned over time, which were sort of ignored because, well, it's all different. It's a different asset class, right? Back to principles in my point, right? So what are the principles? Conduct of business, um, suitability, uh, I, I will. I, I will not sell you something for the sake of making money. I will sell you something because you need it. Um, uh, technological resilience, um, engagement with policymakers, transparency, segregation of duties. Um, you know all the things which are you know sort of uh, you know maybe not religion, but you know an integral part of the way we live and conduct our businesses in uh, in in the financial services industry, and we're and we're not explicitly prescribed. In, in, in what was a new asset class. And the view I take on this is whether it's prescribed today or not, well, you know, apply these principles because they're good principles. You know, so, 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 high level of integrity, conduct of business, apply these principles and then regulations will come and you'll be validated by the society. Yeah. Can we just double click focus in on why UAE and particularly this seems to be quite digital assets focused um, yeah. you're much more ventures than digital assets but this seems to be quite a heavy digital asset focus to what you're opening at the moment or building here. Sure. I, you know, I'll tell you what, so it's not just digital assets, I should say, right? So, so the first uh, couple of ventures, which I, I'd characterize as endemic because we built them, incubated them in the UAE, were not specifically focused on, on, on digital assets and we're doing other things too, across the themes I've described before. So across digital banking lifestyle, SME world trade supply chain, sustainability, and indeed digital assets. So, so it's really across all, all, all themes that we think are relevant, um, we're, you know, 
have, you know, and, and we're focusing on in the context of the future of financial services or the future of money, as you're saying. Um, the, the, but, but taking a step back, why? I'm going to use a, a word, uh, the word ecosystem, which is a little overused. So I need to explain what I mean by that. Um, in order to be, to be a, um, a successful hub, a hub for financial services or a hub for tech or a hub for indeed you know both which is you know a hub for fintech um it takes it takes different actors it takes a whole ecosystem um that ecosystem includes startups obviously but also um academia uh subject matter experts it includes um policymakers and regulators and this is perhaps where you're going with digital assets which is you know exists in the ua um, it also includes a whole bench of professionals who are involved in the ecosystem, from uh, from uh, lawyers to accountants to um, to um, you know indeed uh, podcasts. It's 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 an integral part of an ecosystem. And I think what we're seeing in in the UAE at this point is a very deliberate approach to building that ecosystem. And thinking of all the bits and pieces that it takes to make that ecosystem gel and 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 uh, and work, and actually, there's a few places on the planet where where that's work. You know, we we often talked about the Silicon Valley as as that successful sort of ecosystem, and and uh, and I think you know a few other places in the world can potentially over time give uh, give Silicon Valley a bit of a run for its money. But clearly, there's there's a very rigorous, methodical approach to building an ecosystem in the UAE, which I find impressive. Um, I and um, and we came to essentially be be part of that, contribute what we have to contribute, and um, and uh, and build successful businesses. Digital assets, as you said, is a subset of it. Um, it's um, it's uh, you know the, 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 there are endemic um, uh, businesses and startups in this part of the world, but there's also a lot of knowledge that is accumulating. There are uh, knowledgeable regulators who have designed frameworks. And uh, and all of this is is converging to making it a a, um, a, a very interesting place to uh, to uh, to uh, to do business in the particular space of um, of uh, of uh, digital assets. Digital assets from a from a bank perspective, yeah. from a whether it's your parent company or other institutions. What's the interest in getting more expertise, knowledge, and digital assets? Where in your existing organization? Yeah, so so I'll make um, I'll make a first statement, which is a high conviction statement. Digital assets are here to stay. I haven't said Bitcoin's going up or down. I've just said digital assets are here to stay, hmm. and. Accordingly, if they're here to stay, now there's a few consequences. Um, one of them is that institutional adoption will occur. It is inevitable, right? There's a consequence to that, which is if digital adoption is going to occur, it's going to take digital-grade infrastructure that somebody needs to build. And I would argue that we have yet to completely build it. We've started building bits and pieces, but not a whole lot of, uh, you know, there's still missing bits and pieces and and, uh, and and operating at institutional grade is going to be absolutely critical. And we can talk about what I mean by institutional grade, um, but basically it's it's robust. It's uh, it, it will comply with regulations. It is trustworthy. Um, 
and uh, and uh, and and uh, perhaps a little more mainstream than the the, the, the wave of, of early adoption, but also also the type of infrastructure that people will will, will trust over time. And um, and um, now there's another consequence of everything I just said now, which is if you're in financial services and you're ignoring um, a new infrastructure which is built at institutional grade for an asset class which is here to stay, then one you're not you're not serving clients the way they want to be served. Clients won't, won't want it, want to hear about it, but they also want to deal with it. And so the risk any financial institution not not involved in this would run is to become irrelevant because you're not you're not doing what clients are expecting from you. We're in a service business. We have you know we have to be relevant to our clients. Um, and and then there's another risk which is uh, which is uh, of not doing it, which is um, which is you know we're talking about infrastructure of the future. We're talking about the next generation rails we'll all be using. Um, and so we absolutely have to build the muscles, meaning the skill sets and the bench of people to to to, to operate those uh, those rails and this infrastructure. And so from the standpoint of of the main bank that you know owns us and taxes, us, um, it's uh, it's uh, it's absolutely critical. You know, I would argue it's existential that uh, that, that we build that uh, that that bench and that's you know range of skill sets across the organization. Not just uh, not just technology, but also risk and legal and compliance and, and you know the, the whole ecosystem again around it, which uh, which which it will take to operate this infrastructure in a way that everybody will expect us to. That's the point. Got it. We'll, we'll probably come back we'll to this detail. Um, let's get sure. into the conversation to maybe hold in on some of the businesses you're building. Thanks a lot, uh, Ron, and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Alex, I just wanted to ask you, you know, we've, we've been talking a lot about what you're building from a very macro perspective. Mm -hmm. I want to try and get into a couple of pieces colored by numbers and use cases so that our audience can contextualize the size of what you're doing and perhaps even maybe even apply because there's some people out there who are building something that might be of interest to you. So... To start with, could you tell us about the size of this opportunity? How big is this fund? Because my understanding is you are funding ventures which you are building yourself, and you're also funding ventures which other people are building. So, for example, I would liken you to a construct which uh, down the road in Abu Dhabi is Further Ventures with ADQ. They have a $200 million fund, but they also have a venture studio. So it sounds very similar, if I could uh, put, a, put a very fine point to what you're doing. So... Do you have a separate fund which is X dollar size, which people know about, and then do you have a separate fund for building? Is that how? Can you tell us the numbers around these things? It's always interesting to learn. So, so you know, it's a good, good. Thanks for uh, for uh, for the, the the contextual question, and uh, and you know, I can I, I can try and compare it to to our friends at, at further, which is uh, which is uh, you know, at least from a mindset perspective, you know, I can see I can see a few analogies. Um, which is the, the the convergence of of building and uh, and uh, and investing in the context of either building or implementing. So so certainly that you know that mindset is uh, is uh, is aligned. You know similar. Um, we we uh, perhaps unlike them or unlike others. Um, we we you know I, I think of us as an evergreen capital as opposed to as opposed to uh, to a finite fund. Uh, we have. Funds as well. In fact, we've announced a, a fund of 100 million dedicated to digital assets infrastructure in uh, the UAE, 
uh, and that's wow. that's a very recent announcement we've made in uh, in uh, in uh, with uh, with the IFC. But 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 it's it's a and, and we have a family of funds where where we have investments in third party startups, meaning the partners we work with. As a separate matter, we deploy capital in um, in the ventures we build. And the ventures typically will see them. At times, we start the ventures as partnerships and JVs. Um, we do, we can do it either way. But sooner rather than later, we make these ventures raise funds. So we we, we not only encourage them, we, we want them to raise funds and uh, validate themselves both commercially with clients and financially with uh, with third party investors. So as a general matter, the first part of the answer to your question is 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 uh, very little we want to do by ourselves. And um, and uh, and, uh, and 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 involve third parties, right? Great, thank I, you I so much. Say, I, I, I should say, order of magnitude is uh, so, so. Digital ventures are are reported in the in the annual report of uh, of of, uh, of the bank, and you know, I can give you rough numbers, which is uh, which is including everything, so not just SE ventures, you know, other digital ventures. So the bank has deployed about a billion and a half in uh, in capital wow. across all these digital ventures a bunch wow. of this is um, a chunk of this is a couple of digital banks another chunk of this is investments in other people's startups where we cooperate our partner and a third chunk of this is the ventures that we build and you know what time frame has this been over has this been over five years three years seven years you it just roughly we launched in 2018. So wow, it's so it's very quick to deploy such a large amount, even if it is in tranches in different places. And the next question I have from that very logically is you broke up the use case for two types of investments that you're doing, one internally, one externally, and the thesis, the parenthesis, which justified you to do that, including a hundred million dollars in the UAE starting from Dubai DIFC. Can you give us um, examples of companies that you've invested on either side? Can you give us the use cases? So, for, first of all, scventures.io, the portfolio is public. So, so our website says it all. If the ventures are still on the wrap, then they're obviously not on the website. Then, you know, they'll launch when they launch. But, you know, the ones that have launched and are scaling are on the website. And so are all the portfolio companies we have, um, we, we have in our portfolio. Um, so, so they, 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 I, 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 now it's going to get a little random. I could pick one of them. We were talking about digital assets earlier. You're mostly um, about, right? So, or scaling the quickest, perhaps. So, so, so in the digital asset space, you know, we, we have, um, we have built a few ventures. So yeah, custody, which is an institutional grade custody proposition for uh, for digital assets. We have built Sodia Markets, which is a a brokerage business in in the context of uh, of cryptocurrencies, digital assets. We have uh, also recently announced uh, Libera, which has just tokenized a fund comprised of Singapore government bonds. That fund got raided by Moody's, and so it's tokenization of financial securities and funds. We also have a joint venture in Germany called Swayat, and obviously a number of other things in the pipeline as it relates to digital assets. In building these um, ventures, we, we we needed to access critical technology, and we were never going to do all of this by ourselves. And um, and so an example of this is Metaco, which um, which provides uh, critical technology to Zodiac custody, which we've integrated. In the process of working with Metaco, we 
essentially partnered up and um, thought it was a great company. In fact, we you know we took a long time to to uh, you know, not just identify them but but narrow down the list, select them, and really come to the conclusion that they were uh, that they were more than bank and institutional grade. And so we invested in Metacorp in the process. And I was on the board of that company until that company sold itself to Ripple, which happens to be another one of our portfolio companies in uh, in this ventures. So gives you a bit of a an example of the ventures we're building, you know, bits and pieces of the ecosystem or infrastructure that it takes to operate digital assets, but also the context and the mindset in which we have invested in in others, which is which is really you know building that uh, building that uh, that um, uh, that ecosystem of uh, of um, of uh, capabilities and partners. And, uh, and, and and essentially, you know, building a theme and asset class, you know, uh, on 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 the back of it. The, the the point I would make is within one eco within one theme, digital assets is what we're talking about here. You can see how things plug into each other. One is a technological capability for another. Um, obviously, if you're going to be in the brokerage business, custody is relevant. Someone settlement is relevant. Tokenization is relevant. And so, while these ventures make a ton of sense in their own right. The, the, there's a lot of power in assembling them and plugging them with each other, which obviously is, 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 is part of the plan. Just to wrap up our conversation, yeah. how do we navigate this world, particularly from a finance perspective, money perspective, just given how quickly we talked about AI, we talked about uh, digital assets, and a related question, um, where our age, maybe not quite as old, maybe more Gara's age. Um, how would you, in your sort of early 40s, same question, but early yeah. 40s, mid 40s, navigate this world we're in? So a kind of question about, I guess, continuous learning, staying open, how would you do it? This is the last pearls of wisdom for the audience. Yeah, so, 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 so first i don't know if my answer is very different for for somebody who's starting somebody who's was uh, early 40s okay. or some, somebody who's, who's my old age i think i think i think that, it's that in itself is an interesting observation to me and 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 the reason for this is um see the major difference is uh is um uh you and i run it went to school um for uh, a little over 20 years of our lives, or, you know, actually. Yeah, there we were blackboards and white chores and stuff like that. that. You know, we were big on divers, <laughs> so maybe it's, you know, call it 20 years, right? And um, and uh, acquired certain skills yeah. and had, at the time, the expectation that these mm. skills would be relevant for an entire professional career. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, and by large, it kind of worked, right? So, you know, I, I went went off, you know, did different things, went back to school for an MBA. But you know, by and large, you acquire skills early on, and then you work. And um, and so 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 we had, you know, not quite like our parents. We had, you know, lived and worked in the same corporation for an entire career. But but um, but you know, skills were relevant. Um, my my children, uh, who are no longer quite children, and uh, and studying, um, their their expectations, you know. One of them is uh, is uh, is uh, is in you know uh, deals a little bit with uh, with computers, others you know other you know other disciplines and and um, and, and and all that a little bit with computers as in machine learning and, and all that. So my children expect to learn skills that will be relevant for about five years, but within that five years, um, some of the skills they're learning they they know will not be relevant next year. Mm. 
In fact, when they're pitching themselves for an internship, in all humility, they say, you know, I want to learn everything here. But, but, but also, I've, I've, I've just seen a few things in my recent studies or projects, which I'm pretty sure you guys don't know. Mm. And I can, I can, I, I can contribute that, right? So meaning, meaning, meaning five years is, is for, for, for the basics, for the generic skills, but mm. they're, they're aware of the fact that what they're doing now, people in the industry don't know. And, and they were equally aware of the fact that in a year from now, you know, that that'll be dated and, and potentially obsolete. Mm. So I think, I think in, in that context, especially if you reflect on technology, it has accelerated. Um, and uh, and 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 uh, not only is technology accelerating, but it's, it's the way it accelerates the change in Jesus. Second derivative that makes sense of 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 of, 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 of um, you know how we work, you know the change in how we work. Um, so 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 implication of this is if your skills are going to be, or at least some of your skills will be uh, dated, if not obsolete, within within that short time frame. You have to keep at it all the time. You have to you have to keep at it all the time. And there's there's a number of dif different ways of you know of doing it. One of them is uh, is um, is uh, listening to everything you have to say on it and uh, listening to your podcast. Another one could be um, could be using the services of CFTE. Um, another one could be to read a lot. Another one could be to network a lot. Another one could be to to get back to school and and and, and do this as you work and and it's a, an element of of um, of, um, of, uh, of of very very deliberately consciously sort of uh, mm -hmm. sort of uh, building and rebuilding and rebuilding your skills all the time. And um, I, I you know I'd say the mindset and this is where it's not different for for Gorov, myself and you and, and all of us is is um, I, I think it requires an element of curiosity mm. in, in making the space for intellectual curiosity and uh, and recognizing that what's cool today maybe may not be that cool tomorrow, but mm. what you really think is interesting today and not known will be relevant tomorrow, and 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 and, and making space for for that learning, right? And 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 that space may not seem as productive. Um, at, at times, because you know, maybe the path that need nowhere, and maybe it's not related to the job you're doing immediately and are measured on, but very important to 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 create the mind space to uh, to to understand what's going on and take the time to think, so you can be uh, mm. so, so so you can be uh, you know just a little bit ahead of of of, of your of your time and um, and and, uh, and 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 some of the people around you. Um, I. I, it's, I maybe I would have said this twenty years ago, mm. but it's become so existential now, right? So that that intellectual curiosity, like I like that one, right? Yeah, yeah take with with, with a commercial bias, right? If if you're just mm. intellectually curious for for the sake of being curious, yeah. then then you're going to be in academia, which is great, but but you will not be in business. But if you're intellectually curious with a commercial bias to it. Not, not, not you're a leader in business, and and uh, and that's what presumably a lot of us on this conversation aspire to. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Alex, to host you. A big thanks from Garb and myself for coming on this CFT you, podcast, FUMO Future of Money podcast, and also a big thank you and shout out to XVC Tech, our sponsors, and all our ecosystem and community partners 
Um, some of you are coming on board as we speak. I look forward to Gaurav um, publicizing that more in future episodes. Uh, so thank you so much. Over and out.